Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Well, actually, we can even take it back to the week before this week, where Aaron Hernandez is acquitted of new charges for a different murder charge that he was in. He got acquitted for it, for the murders anyway. He got a, a smaller charge, but it was irrelevant. And then we come into the next week. And Aaron Hernandez says adios to this world. And um, I have to admit, and and I'll say it, and I know this horrible when I say it, I I don't really care. I mean, I heard the story, and and it's great for news talk. It's great for all kinds of things. But um, him getting... um, Killed and everything else, and you know, or uh, him killing people and stuff like that, man. I, you know, I don't know. And, and the stories coming out behind this is is stupid, or I, I don't care. You know, and, and that goes back to what people do off the field is their business, and I don't really want or care to get involved with it. The story itself is amazing. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we bring in uh, Cuervo, fine co-host of this program. So that's going to be one of the things we're going to be talking about. Marshawn Lynch also, uh, I want to get a little bit more into Marshawn Lynch. There's uh, Everybody's talking about how great this is, and I, I just want to kind of revisit that. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but I want to revisit Um. That whole story. I want to talk in depth about it so people can understand it and what's going on with it. We'll do that here a little bit later as well. But I want to start talking here, right here with my locals, right here, my locals. Had a great football game last night over at Mesquite Arena. Indoor football. Everybody, what do you mean football? 
indoor football folks. And for my locals, it's kind of important because we're getting more people involved with local uh, indoor football. Uh, thanks to champions indoor football, thanks to the Texas Revolution and the Dallas Marshals. And that game took place last night over at Mesquite Arena. And the Dallas Marshals got past the Texas Revolution with last year's MVP uh, quarterback for the Texas Revolution, Robert Kent. All that happened in the, where he was acquired by the Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Marshals. And the MVP was playing on the other side of the football field while the Texas Revolution had quite possibly the uh, most prolific quarterback in indoor football history, especially a Hall of Famer over there in the IFL. And I am talking about Chris Dixon. And this was the Robert Kent, uh, Alfred, uh, um, uh, Alfred uh, show. Kent Alfred show. Alfred had a great game. And for the Marshals. In fact, man, if he doesn't win the uh, Player of the Week award for the offense, I don't know what it is. It, it satisfied the stats line. It also satisfied the eye test because some of the catches that were made in that game by Alfred was amazing. And I want to get to the stats of that game as the Dallas Marshals did beat the Texas Revolution 73-58. to By catching the football for the uh, – for the Dallas Marshals, I went to this. This is this is crazy. This is these are crazy numbers. Six catches, 118 yards, five touchdowns for Alfred. It, it was it was game, and uh, real real good real good uh, numbers across the board and and even the other stuff when you take a look at obviously passing 18 to 32 299 yards uh and nine touchdowns for Robert Kent so all these things that were here all these things that happened in this game really really good Really good for the uh, area. Really good for the Dallas, the Dallas Marshals uh, because they have put themselves in a position right now where they are moving forward in that Southern Division in Champions Indoor Football. Let's talk a little bit about that in Champions Indoor Football. The um, Sioux City Bandits, they take a loss last night, and they dropped the game. So their undefeated streak is done at six. So they're six and one on the season as the Ironmen just really took a hold of the bandits and beat them pretty bad on their, on the Ironmen's home field. So that's, a, that's another thing now winning on the road in this league is hard. And the Ironmen at home take care of the Sioux city bandits, 76 to 35. So Sioux city drops that. Uh, the Bloomington Edge, they get a victory against the Kansas City Phantom last night, 38-13. to And they're 5-3 and three in second place in the North. 
And on Thursday, the Omaha Beef got beat by the Bismarck Bucks. So they dropped down to three and three out in the season. And Western Michigan, with that victory, improved their record to three and four, along with the Bucks. Now, Kansas City is at one and six. Salina is at 0 and seven. Pretty much, you, you kind of see that where those teams are right now, and you wonder if they can make a run for it. Uh, with five games left to go, even if they want all five, um, that might be that might be a stretch. But the teams that are battling out for the top four, you have the Sioux City Bandits at six and one, five and three Bloomington, and then it kind of opens up. There's a two game difference here, uh, but. The Bloomington Edge has played eight games already this season. So that you got to remember that is where they are in the standings, where a lot of teams have played six and seven games. So Omaha is at three and three. They are in third place in there. Three and four are the Western Michigan um, Ironmen and the Bucks three and four. So really – Three play, three teams are battling it out for the final two spots, really. And if it ended now, Bismarck would be on the outside looking in, but it, it's not ended now. There's still five more games for – five and six games for a lot of other teams uh, in this league. So let's take a look at the South, where it is important for the Texas Revolution and the Dallas Marshals, of course, those local uh, local teams right here. The Amarillo Venom are 6-0 on top in this division undefeated, followed by the Dodge City Law, who are 6-1. Now, Amarillo got a victory last night on their home field, 94-63, over the Syntex Calvary. Dodge City was on the bye. They're 6-1 in second place. The Revolution dropped the game to the Dallas Marshals. The Revolution are 4-2. and two. The Dallas Marshals are 4-3. and three. So right there, there's your top four as Duke City with the tiebreaker and everything is outside looking in now as they took the drop from fourth place to fifth place. They're 4-3. and three. The Wichita Force, this is another football team. They were last year's champions, okay? They are at 3-4 and four on the season as they took a loss last week to the law and they were not in action this week. So that is an interesting uh, situation there. And then Syntex 0-7 on the season. Um, uh, put up some numbers against Amarillo Venom, but the offense was just too much there. So that's what it looks like as far as the uh, the actual standings and champions indoor football. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is turning out to be yet another great season as far as where these teams are sitting. And I'll tell you, I, this league has developed into a league where it goes down to the last two and three weeks of the season before really things are set. Sometimes the first year, they had to wait until the final game of the season, which was one game, and it was on a Sunday, to decide, this, decide where the seedings were. An exciting league right here, as in each side there's seven teams and five teams are battling out for four spots, um, even to the point in the South, Six of the seven teams are battling now and have an opportunity uh, in that. If you go to the other side, to the north, 
uh, five teams are battling out for four. Depending on if Kansas City goes on a roll and starts winning every game for the rest of the season, maybe they can insert themselves in a little bit in that spot to try to go for it. But, you know, as the teams and the schedules work out, I don't see it happening necessarily. So let's take a look at some of the games that are going to happen next week in Champions Indoor Football. As Omaha Beef are going to be on the road, they're going to take on the Salina Liberty. Liberty haven't won the game this year as they are 0-7. The Beef need this game. They're 3-3. Three and three. They need to stay up in that top. And like I've always said in this league, when the Omaha Beef are good, it's good for the league. And the Liberty are going to play spoiler as much as they can to try to get in there and get that as the commissioner of champions indoor football, Ricky Burtz, has taken over that team. Now, that having been said, another game, the Western Michigan, uh, West Michigan Ironmen are taking on the Sioux City Bandits in a rematch of last night's game, 76 to 35 in favor of the Ironmen. So they'll be looking for a little revenge in that game. So that is going to be interesting. Only two games next week in Champions Indoor Football. Ten teams have got um, uh, marked that. Two games on Saturday, and then on Sunday, or I mean on Sunday, the Amarillo Venom take on the Texas Revolution. So only three games in Champions Indoor Football next week. And a Sunday game is really interesting. Uh, I like Sunday games. And that game will be very vital because of what has happened in the game as far as the Dodge City law against the Phantom. If Dodge City gets that victory, they'll prove the 7-1. and one. And the Texas Revolution, you know, they really have got to get a win against Amarillo. Amarillo 6-0, and oh, and th- this will be all about positioning for the Texas Revolution. If they lose that football game, they'd be lost three in a row and um, put them in a position where they have got to, you know, play a little bit more solid football. This year, we only have, as of now, only have one undefeated football team, and Sunday that could change if the Texas Revolution decides to get going. Because the last two games, they have not played up to, to snuff, although that game against the Amarillo Venom was really good. And I enjoyed that game very much. That was a huge game there. So right here in the local area for indoor football, you've got it going on. Champions Indoor Football uh, is well represented in Texas as well because they have a team in Syntax that's over in Belton, Texas. They also have a team over, obviously, in Amarillo. Four teams down here in this area. Uh, Rumors are spreading around that there will be a team in San Antonio. Uh, That has not been confirmed yet. Um, And me as the director of operations, that has not been confirmed yet. They're still going through the process, but they, I've heard they try, they're trying to get in there. So who knows? We'll see what happens on that. Now, what we're going to do uh, as we're waiting on our co-host, and we're going to get to talking about some of the other things he may or may not be able to join us. I hope everybody had a great Easter as I had a little family reunion um, in Arizona with my dad and my brothers and my brother's wife. I haven't seen her in over 30 years, over 35 years. 
So it was nice to see her. Um, and so we had a little family reunion down there and uh, very much enjoyed that as well. So um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in the sporting world here on that being said on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. 
At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, we are back here on the couch with the sports show. With that being said, it is the Sunday morning tradition that happens each and every Sunday unless it's Easter and Sunday's that family reunion. And lots of things to talk about in the sporting world. We started off until we get our co-hosts in here, talk about champions indoor football and the interesting uh, setup in that league where five to six teams in each conference are battling out for four positions in the playoffs. It's all about positioning going into champions indoor football right now. So keep a listen on that. If you went over to champions indoor football on the Facebook page, you saw Sunny Clark all over it last night as we were doing Inside the CIF live on Facebook doing interviews with players, coaches, and giving you an idea of what uh, goes on in the game and champions indoor football, you know, warm-ups and stuff, and talking to players and see what's going on. It was really cool to do that. Uh, it just stuck and said, why not? Let's give it a shot. So we did that. So if you guys are interested, get over to Champions Indoor Football, the Facebook page there, and you can find out uh, about the teams. So, again, four teams down here in Texas, lots of teams in the Midwest, um, in the Kansas area and the um, up a little bit north. So check those out. That in this league, it's going to boil down to be yet another good end of the season. This is the league that I have taken the position on as director of operations, and we have been putting it together each and every week out there for you. So that being said, of course, the name of this show. Let's bring him in. It is Cuervo all the way from Cali. How are you doing this morning, my friend? Well, after, afternoon, but morning for you. Well, you no, know, Sonny, it's, it's, it's afternoon for me as well because I am right now in the Windy City, the place I call home, Chicago. Ah. ah, what are you doing in Chicago? Just doing some visiting and traveling and stuff? Yeah, some visiting, a little bit of traveling. Uh, gonna get me some good old deep dish pizza. I have a piece for you, Sonny. How about that? Uh, well, you know, I had deep dish pizza when I was in Arizona from a Chicago style pizza place um, that makes great Chicago style pizza. So I did get some of that because they're not down here in Texas, that's for sure. Um, so y- you're right. There's nothing like Chicago style pizza. It, it's it's the bomb. So now, it, I, yeah, it. it 
it, 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 that whole area is what Chicago's all about. Exactly. I mean, I, if I came here to visit and I said, well, I didn't even get to eat Chicago pizza, my pretty much my vacation is wasted because what did I really do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Now, are the Cubbies in town? Are you able to uh, go catch the Cubs? I know, um, actually, they're playing, aren't they? I think they're in an afternoon game. Yeah, well, they're in Cincinnati right now. Um, I actually got ah. here on Wednesday. I was I've been here since Wednesday, uh, well, late Tuesday night, Wednesday, and uh, I caught that first game, that Wednesday afternoon game uh, against the um, Milwaukee Brewers. So I got a chance to, to catch the that game. The I, I got to see the improvements in, inside Wrigley Field. It's pretty nice. Um, not much has changed as far as like the you know the concession stands or whatever, but the new billboards are pretty nice, um, and the Cubs won on a walk-off three-run homer, so you couldn't really ask much for much more than that. Did you get any pictures of the the, the new World Champions? You know, all the stuff that they've got going on out in the outfield and things like that. Did they have it set up out there? Oh yeah, so it's it's so you know the old school scoreboard where where the guy is in there and he's updating all the games manually. There, yes. there's to the side of that billboard right there. That scoreboard. That's where they're that's Got where it. they're placed at. Very good. That that's good. I always like the manual that they leave that. They could have very easily changed that, and I just like mm-hmm. the old school style of you know how they did it, you know, and how they do it. It is kind of cool, and and that's one of the uh, that's one of the nuances of that stadium over there, uh, Wrigley mm-hmm. Field being what it is and what it's about. They, they, and I like the fact that they kept up with at least one tradition uh, as we're moving forward into new school of baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do, and they do have an electronic one too. So it's kind of like, you know, it, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose anymore. But for the old style, old school traditionalists like yourself, um, you know, you appreciate the the uh, the actual like manual scoreboard. Yep, good stuff up there. And, and, and how the, and did they win when you were there? Or yeah, oh yeah, you said they came back and won that game. Yeah, so yeah, they won on a on the bottom of the ninth, a three run home run to uh, walk off. So that was pretty exciting. Yes, very good stuff. So that's a good one to be. Where were you sitting? I actually my seats were better than I thought, Sonny. So I was. Let's see if I can describe this. I don't want to say I was in the right field uh, on the you know to the to the right of right field and note in that area. It was in between third base or first base and right field, um, back a you know I'd say probably one section, uh, like in the middle in the middle section of the of the seats. We weren't all the way Got in it. the back. We, you know we're right there in the middle. So um, they, it was a really good view. Um, you know they didn't they, the uh, players didn't look like little um, ants. Like little yeah, like little ants exactly. So mm-hmm. it was a uh, they were good, especially for what I paid for the tickets. Is I really couldn't, you know, beat the price. I thought I thought that I made out pretty well on those tickets, and for Very how good. the game turned out, it was worth it. Yeah, definitely. You can get a game where a walk off three run homer. That that just that that just makes that just makes the whole game right there. So, lots of things happening. In, in in this week, and it started. It, it actually started last week, Cuervo, and we didn't really touch it um, because of obviously being Sunday. 
um, I was at a family reunion down in Arizona Easter weekend. So we missed out on the opportunity to talk about two big stories. Uh, and mm-hmm. one of them was the acquittal of Aaron Hernandez uh, in that courtroom, that courtroom drama, I guess, if you want to call it, to where since we missed Sunday's show, then we end up getting the story about Aaron Hernandez deciding to um, uh, hang himself uh, in that situation uh, over there. And there's so many speculatory stories on why it went or how it happened or whether. And, and I just want to get your take up on this because I think, you know, my feeling is going to be just way off in left field for a lot of people to really understand. So I want to at least get a civil mind and a civil head's opinion about the Aaron Hernandez situation, the acquittal, and then, of course, the results of that acquittal. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, you never want to hear news like this, no matter how bad of a person you thought Aaron Hernandez was or how guilty you thought Aaron Hernandez was of some of the things that he did and some of the things that he was accused of or was found guilty of, um, you know, you still don't, if you have some sort of moral compass, you don't ever want to wish death on anybody. Uh, and when I heard the news, it just, it just shocked me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate for, um, you know, his family to have to answer questions about this, you know, but the, the, the first thing that came to mind for me, and, and it's, it's crazy because I don't have children, but all I could think about was his daughter and how she just lost her daddy. And it's now she has to grow up not even being able to go visit him. Uh, even if it is through a prison, uh, you know, visitation room or whatever, like she won't even have that for the rest of her life. Um, so you kind of, you kind of feel bad for the little girl that just lost her father. And, um, you know, I, I really don't, uh, that's the one that I feel bad for the most. And it was just, um, you know, there was a lot of things that I heard as far as like his story and, and how things could have been different for him, Sonny. Um, and I think that, the his fate was sealed the day the, the minute that the New England Patriots drafted him, and the reason I say that, and it's you know nothing against the organization, we all know what the organization itself is about. However, if you really think about it, Sonny, where is he from? He's from Connecticut, right? So he's from the Connecticut yep. area, and what's not too far from there? You got Boston, you got you know. The point I'm making is. I know where you're going. Aaron, Aaron Hernandez chose, made the decision to uh, you know, try and change his life around for the better when he found when he found football as a way to escape from his past. Right. And when the Patriots drafted him, now he's going right back to where everything is because Bristol, Connecticut, is only about from from what the guys on Mike and Mike were saying it's about a 90 minute drive from Bristol, Connecticut to um, to the to Boston or Foxborough where 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 the Patriots play. So now right. he's back to back to close to home where he tried to get away from and he wanted to change his life. Well, you know, and it makes you wonder 
what if he would have gotten drafted by, let's say, the Houston, San Francisco. You know, Houston Texans, San Francisco, Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, somewhere where he's, he's far away from all that past, all that negativity, makes you wonder where would his life be right now. Yeah, he was a dummy in, in, in college, uh, and, and he was, you know, he was far away from home. And he was, you know, when you're when you're young and dumb though, and you're in college and things like that, you're going to do stupid things. Um, but as time goes on, people change. People are, you know, become actual adults and they grow up and and they they get away from that stuff. At least you would hope so. Um, for him though, the fact that he was still home, I think, is what really was what really, uh, you know, sealed his fate, so to speak. So that's really my take on the whole thing is, you know, it, the unfortunate thing is that the New England Patriots drafted him and he was he was back to being close to all the stuff that his past was about. Yeah, and, and I kind of intru- seeing this whole thing and, and how it's shaping up and stuff and – I, I, you know, I I know where I was when I heard this. I I was actually listening to Mike and Mike when this happened. I was uh I was on the train, um and headed back from my vacation, and I was listening. They were they were talking the regular stuff, and then uh, Mike uh, Greenberg joined in, and I remember thinking to myself at the time at the time that this happened, is is that I really didn't care. I mean, I I don't know, I, and I don't know if it's the unfeelingness in me or whatever it is, or or how this whole thing happened. I mean, you, you can talk about what he is allegedly uh, up for uh, as far as charges were. You could talk about what he was convicted as far as his charges were. Um, I will tell you that ever since Aaron Hernandez stepped away from football, whether it was forced or obviously him being put in jail. I have not thought too much about this man. And, and, and so when I heard the story, I, I, I remember thinking, I don't know if shock is the right word, um, but I remember a feeling coming over me of really no compassion. And maybe that's because of the act that he was actually convicted of. Um, so the compassion for that I had for this gentleman wasn't there. Now, you went on and talked about his family. I have to admit, and maybe it's the uncaring. I didn't think about the family portion of it because I didn't care about the person. But when something like that, like that, I don't think I lack compassion as far as not knowing who these people are. So I don't really have an opinion. It's probably the best way to say it. Do I feel bad for? Do I feel bad? I, I can't say that I feel bad. I can understand how people do uh, about the family members, obviously his daughter and stuff. But I can't. I can't really grasp on a real emotion to say that I feel bad because obviously I don't know them personally. I obviously have never kept up with his family situation. So this is in my mind an athlete, you know, going ahead and. Uh, committing suicide, and that's the end of the story. I, I don't really have the connection to the family enough to say, you know, I feel bad for the little girl. I guess in reality, when you think about it, you can go, well, I, I guess so. But a dark side of me, I have to admit, Cuervo, and I'll put it out there, but a dark part of me 
says, this is probably the best thing for this little girl in her life in reality. Now, not the memory that he committed suicide, but the fact that she obviously won't have any kind of contact with him. Now, I'm not saying that the the meetings that they had when they were in jail weren't uh, you know great for her, but really the whole this guy was never getting out of jail again. Now it, she's got one tragedy that she's got to remember for the rest of her life, you know, with her daddy in jail. Now he commits suicide. It's a double, and I get the fact that that could be killer for the kid, but I also look at it as a new opportunity for this young young girl to be able to move on and have somewhat of a normal life. Now, granted, she doesn't have a daddy, but there are many, 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 many children in this world that have got foster or different families or whatever the case may be and grow up to be great productive citizens. And I hate to say it, this might be the best thing for her so she can move on in her life more of a positive thing, more so than reliving the negative by walking through a, a prison wall to go see her father in jail. And I don't want to say that she's better off without him. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing to say, but as far as her future, I, this might, be, might end up being the best thing that happened in reality so she can maybe move forward. Now, granted, She's going to have all the doctors that she's going to have to see and mentally get set up for it uh, for the rest of her life. So it's in because my situation, you know, my kid's uh, father passed away. Uh, and I'm not saying that they have great fond memories of him. So that's a, that part was good. So they were able to move on. So it's going to be a little bit harder for her to move on. And like I said, I don't know if that's morbid. I don't know if that's reality or just more in the fact that I, I do hope the little girl has a wonderful future set up for her in, in her life to where she can move on from from this tragedy for her. I guess that's the best way to put it. No, and it's, I mean, I understand your point, Sonny. I mean, it's, you know, she's, she's, it's, she's young enough to where she really won't remember a whole lot. About I, I wonder, the whole how old was she? I think she's four years old. I want to say four. Okay. So she'll, she'll remember yeah. some of it, but not as much as that she was two. Um, but yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that is in a way a good thing because she really won't remember a whole lot. You know, it's just, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess coming from a broken home myself, I understand like the whole thing about, I haven't a parent around, so you know. Right. I just hate to see. I just hate to see children go without mom and dad. But it it happens all the time, you know, for whatever reason. So. Um, yeah. Just under this circumstance, it's 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 sad to um, see it happen this way. I guess that's maybe what it's more about is just the way it happened, not because you know um, they divorced. You know, the parents divorced right. or whatever. Um, this was m- a much more extreme situation. So, um, but I mean, yeah, she's going to move on eventually. I mean, she's only four years old. By the time she's ten, she'll probably forget most of it, um, and all she's going to know is mom. So, but um, you know, going back to what you were talking about, Sonny, as far as is you really didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I think that's most of us. It's not like. You wake up and like, oh, good. Know, like how Aaron Hernandez <laughs> is doing. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, exactly. unless you're unless you're 
you know, a family member, obviously. I don't think any of us woke up and like, hey, I wonder how Aaron Hernandez is doing in jail today. So I get that part. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just, uh, I just kind of, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of different things I'm reading. Um, now there's, there's rumors about how it was kind of a setup and how it possibly uh, was meant for this to happen, I guess. It wasn't by accident. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of questions about these these correctional officers that work in that in that prison where Aaron Hernandez was. Um, now I don't know if what I was reading was was some sort of fake news or or a hoax, you know, uh, article or whatever. Um, I'm here, I, I, but I read it and they were talking about how the um, correctional they, they have to do walk around and do a check on all the inmates every so often. Well, right. You know, it, it was pretty um, pretty coincidental, I guess. Conveniently, they they overlooked his cell. So what does that tell you? Now again, I don't know if this article I read is true, but if it is true. Um, I think that's a huge red flag right there. I think that's a huge indicator of, well, you know, it it, uh, it, it wasn't something that he made a choice to do. So there's exactly. going to be a lot more that comes out about this, Sonny. So I'm oh, sure there, you're, there's you're so many. It, there's so many, Cuervo. Matter of fact, I just uh, – oh, it says that the – I tried to send you something. I wonder if we're in the, we'll try that again. Um there's so many, I guess if you want to call it rumors or, or whatever the case may be, I don't know. Um, but a lot of rumors going on on what's going on as far as that weather. You know, I don't know how much we want to dive into it, but one of the one of the portions, and I, for some reason this is not letting me send this over to you um, uh, uh, via the – maybe I will try something else. Let me, I'm going to try and send uh, – this other way, but evidently there was uh, suicide letters. I mean, uh, that were, were left by him. And I'm trying to, let me see if I can try this one more time in this one and see what am I, uh, that's why it's won't. Let me just clear that, hit that, hit that. Now it should go. All right. I just sent it. No, it's just not letting me do it, but there are evidently multiple suicide notes, in his jail cell. Now, for, granted, we, we don't know that he write it, that someone else write it to make it look like he, he was doing it. Uh, there's been multiple stories that are really, you know, really out there. And that's maybe that's the way I want to say it. They're, they're just out there. I don't know if they're true or not or whatever the case may be. And I didn't know how much you wanted to dive into that whole situation of some of the rumors that were going on. But as far as this situation is concerned, as far as Aaron Hernandez, the taking of his own life, supposedly, uh, I, I guess that's what I'll say. There, there's always going to be conspiracy theory behind this one, isn't there, Cuervo? This one, this one will never go away. They, they will have, well, for one reason or another, he took his life. And the simple fact of the matter is, depending on what you believe or depending on what the district attorney actually will put out publicly as far as a suicide letter, um, will there be any truth to that as well? 
Yeah, and like I said, I mean, there's going to be so much more, and I know Conspiracy Couch is going to be all over it. So, uh, I, 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 I got news for you. I don't think I am. I, you know, and and I didn't even. I, I mean, just to talk about the suicide letters was all, but the other stuff. God, I, I have to admit, and may, maybe this is not the good part of sports talking me. I, I, you know, I'm not even. I don't even care about the the conspiracy about it. But I know we'll hear conspiracy stories. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you did you did say it from the start. You didn't really care. So maybe if the conspiracy <laughs> couch doesn't come out, then it wouldn't surprise wow. me. <laughs> Craziness. But I mean, I have to. And so your first feeling on it. I mean, mine was I don't care. You're, were you shocked or were were I was. Oh, absolutely I was because, you know, my, my thing is he had just gotten acquitted, like you said, so now it's yes. like, okay, I got, a, I got a fighting chance, you know what I mean? And then he turns around and he does this. So what that tells me, Sonny, is that the second he was acquitted, right, and he actually had a fighting chance, I think, I think either in his mind or somebody – Warned him, if you get off, we're coming for you. Once you, once you, once you get out, if if he wound uh-huh. up being, you know, released, I think he already knew that people were going to be coming for him. And to have to live your life like that, where you always got to, you know, watch your back because you never know who's around. I, I mean, who wants to live their life like that? So yeah. I, I have a feeling maybe. Part of why he did what he did was for that. Now I've heard some other crazy stuff too, as concern as far as the whole uh, legality of his contract, even with the Patriots. Yes, um, I thought that so, was interesting. Yeah. Now, now that money goes to his daughter. I mean, now if if it is true, then she, that that. That girl's set for life, and she better thank Daddy every day for it if, if that's how it's going to turn out. Exactly. But, you know, um, and I think any any good father, I don't know, if, you know, when they when they say, "Oh, I'd give my life for my daughter," well, he literally did that. So, um, if, if that that's part's true, I, and, and how that works out as far as the contract is concerned, what that what does that do for her? I, and is, and sure. that's the part I'm glad that you brought it up. Is that true? So, like, if he is, you know, since in reality, I don't know, the, the retrial of what he was, the, the appeal, retrial, the appeal of his first conviction um, was not done. Um, Aaron Hernandez, at least according, according to what I was hearing, and I, I don't know if you heard the same thing, 15 million bucks. Um, yeah. Regarding that Patriot contract, and like sure. like you said, uh, they yeah, can think that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Sonia. Because I think what it is is once he was acquitted, now he is no longer under um, any type of legal investigation or something like that, or he's not he's not um, pending any type of legal matters. Or, I, I forgot right. how they worded it, but. Basically, because it was under now, appeal. Yeah, so his contract is no longer null and void, or his contract is here. It is here. It is it, 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 here. It's in. It's in. 
According to what I'm reading, it's an obscure Massachusetts legal doctrine. Since he is actually under appeal um, with his death while he was in custody, it actually vacates the conviction altogether that he was first uh, um, accused of. And his family is entitled to $15 million under his contract terms of the NFL contract. And I'm, what I'm reading, that's the claim. Um, and what is true about that is under the legal doctrine of the um, portion of the contract they're talking about, Aaron Hernandez's conviction will be vacated on the basis of his death while it was active during the appeal. Now, what is false about this? I love this page. This is helping me out. Aaron Hernandez's contract um, was severed in 2013 based upon his arrest and not his, uh, sub his conviction um, and will not be uh, reinstated by the NFL. That's what's false. It will be in reinstated into the NFL. So since he passed away uh, in custody, Underneath the the uh, appeal portion, um, he was found hung, and let's see here. So now, the question here is, is that with it being where it is, the obligation of that contract is, and I'm, I don't know if, here's what I say. I don't know if the Patriots are going to appeal it just to get this thing, keep it completely deep in their rear view mirror, or will they end up fighting it? Because let's just say, in reality, they want to challenge that in a court. They might be, you know, 15 million bucks, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Robert Kraft has enough to where he can say, okay, that's not a problem with me, you know, seeing how the, the guy hasn't played since 2013 and was up underneath the suspicion he was. Right, right. You know, I mean, that's that's why I'm kind of like before I jump to any conclusions on my, you know, what his motive was. Right. I just kind of want to see like what what comes out of the legal matter of the contract. You know, if, if the family is awarded the the money, then I'll be honest with you, Sonny. I think part of his motive was so that way his family is set up. And I think that's the story I want to go with more so than the other stories that I was hearing. And I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't like, think I want to dive in. Like, I don't think I want to dive into that more so than the end result of this could actually end up being really good for his daughter and his family and things of that sort. It could, you know, set them up to where um, she can get everything she needs in order to get over this as well. So whether it's her dad in jail or committed suicide or the double whammy of him being in jail and suicide, she will get the proper treatment that she will need to be able to be a productive citizen, you know, and, and get her life straightened out um, at a young age. That that's a, whatever the case may be, that's a serious trauma. I mean, she was, a, she was hardly even a baby when he was actually convicted now here we are a few four years later, we have this situation. Actually, yeah, actually I think his, his girlfriend, fiance, whatever she was, um, was pregnant at the time when, when everything happened. Right. If I remember, and did she if I remember marry, right. did she did she marry him so she wouldn't have to to um 
Did she marry him so she would not have to testify the husband wife testifying thing in the law in the courtroom and stuff like that? Or do you know? Um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember either. But I think I think that is what happened. Um, you know, because obviously, if anybody's going to know the truth, it's her. Um, well, at least right. most of the truth. So, um, what, what was I going to say? Um, I lost my train of thought now, Sonny. I hate when that happens. Um, <laughs> I do that all the time. That's oh, what happens when you start getting old. There you go. You remember? Yeah. Good. It came back to you. Thanks. I appreciate that, Sonny. No, what I was going to say is, you know, I, I I heard another thing too, which I thought was really stupid and silly to say, but people were like, oh, he couldn't. He uh, the reason he did is because he couldn't handle seeing his, uh, you know, his teammates or some of his former teammates uh, from the couldn't handle. He couldn't handle the fact that they were going to go to the White House on the same day and and, uh, and you know celebrate another Super Bowl trophy. You really you really think that has anything to do I with don't. why he decided to take? A, I'm sure he could care less about watching them get another ring. I'm sure he could care less. Right. So. You know, people. The fact that people were bringing that up, I think that's when you know. Okay, people are are digging to try and find a reason, or they're 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 reaching, they're reaching for something. Yeah. And really, I mean, there's nothing there. That that I don't think it has in, anything to do with it. This is interesting. As we get a chance to look at it, some of the things that are said, and you know, you know, what do you call them? Uh, legal scholars. Uh-huh. And things like this. Legal scholars are saying that, you know, when Hernandez was arrested for those murders, the, when the Patriots released him because of that and refused to pay him the remaining guaranteed money, and that was $3.25 million, that was the deferred signing bonus payment, which what they did, they did that on purpose. Um, in reality, and then also the salaries on uh, as uh, 1.3, uh, 1.137 million, and they also didn't want to pay an $82,000 workout bonus that he earned in 2013 because he didn't continue on underneath the quote-unquote breaches of contract. But here's the thing: when you're arrested you automatically go into breach of contract if you cannot fulfill it because of your positioning in jail. Um, so th- there's where the breaches of contracts are, and uh, the question to a court will be, are those reasonable breaches? And I think they will win that portion of it because if you're in jail, there's nothing he could have done about it. I don't think Aaron Hernandez would have turned his back up on the money and not showed up or anything else like that. Um, because before that whole thing went down, before the arrest, he was actually participating in things that he needed to, off-season programs and things of that sort. So that's also something to keep in mind when that whole thing goes down. He was productive in doing what his contract said up until his arrest. So it will depend on the court to find out whether or not that's a a reasonable breach of contract and in reality, I think it is, and that's probably the reason why they're going to win. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? No, I'm sorry. I, I was explaining to my brother who's with me about um, about our theory on the whole legal matter about, you know, how his family could get awarded money. But and, – and that's a good point that you're bringing up, Sonny. So 
if if that is, you know, like you said, obviously I'm sure some of the disclosures and some of the clauses in there is having to participate in whatever, like you said, off-season programs. So he's like, okay, I could do that. Right. Because it has le- all that has led up to this moment where now they're going to go back and they're going to say, okay, they're going to check it all off. Did he do this? Oh, yeah, he did. Okay, boom. Now, did he participate in this program? Yes? Okay. They're going to go through every line of that contract. And Absolutely. If he if he has abided by everything, I mean, they can't say, well, he didn't fulfill it. He didn't. So, I, honestly, when you, when you really, really dig deep into thought about this thing, to, I could honestly make the argument that he had this planned the whole time. Once, yeah. once he got involved and once his name got brought up in, in these murders, I think at that point he already had a plan. I'm going to, you know – a, a I'm going to fulfill my contract. I'm going to, you know, because he's a smart guy. You know, he's not, he's not, yeah. he's not, you know, he didn't seem like he was the, the dumbest person. Now, granted, I mean, I know he's, he was in, you know, well, not just that, but he was, you know, he's involved in gangs. But yeah. you're talking about a guy that, you know, and, and we may disagree on this, but, you know, the University of Florida, they don't, that's not an easy school to get through. Like you got to have some sort of intelligence. Now I know he was a football player, and I'm sure he might have uh, was maybe uh, the teachers trying to help him out a little bit, so to speak. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time though, you know they, they, I'm sure he's got some sort of smart intelligence, common sense, and I'm think- sure he probably looked into the legal matters as far as okay well what's a way that even if I can't get paid my family can get paid you know because that's money that we that me and the New England Patriots agreed upon and if I can't get it then I'm going to make sure somebody gets it so I mean I can make the argument that that this was this was planned all along and and it kind of worked out in his favor as far as him getting acquitted and everything. Yeah, I'm not sure what he is. I'm actually trying to find out what he actually, you know, majored in in college. Uh, that I can't necessarily find it fairly quickly. You would think, you know, with uh, the wonderful world of Google um, that I would be able to find that out. But it just basically gave his stats. Um, but uh, he first committed, just in case people didn't know, he committed to play for the University of Connecticut with his brother, uh, DJ Hernandez. Um, and then he ended up uh, underneath that time, had the opportunity to sign with Urban Meyer. So, um, but yeah, it does not necessarily say what he actually, um, what he majored in in college. So um, it, an interesting situation that going on in there, um, then the whole situation. By the way, I just also found out that that, that him and his fiance did not get married. So that's a, that's a, an issue in itself as well. Um, so it, it really it really interesting story. 
and I'm sure we're going to get a, 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 you know, four or five part mini series about all the allegations and what actually ended up happening from ESPN. We can do this all over like the OJ Simpson thing and, and go through his life and do that. I'm sure that's probably in the works. I would imagine so. I mean, I, I know his, his story is not as public nationally than, than OJ, but I mean, you know, then again, I mean, they've done, they've done stories on all kinds of people that. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, I think, I think eventually this will become some sort of like 30 for 30 documentary. Yeah. Um, Something like that. Yeah. I think, I think it'll, it'll definitely, it'll, it'll be a while because I mean, there's still a lot yeah. of questions to be answered, but I think eventually, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, they, uh, it'll come up. Some something will come, something will, uh, and 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 that's just got dollar signs all over whoever's doing it. So whether it's ESPN or somebody, or, you know, whatever news organization, sports news organization, uh, goes ahead and jumps into that story. And uh, did I just lose you? Are you there? I'm sorry, Sonny. Go ahead. There. Okay. No, I thought my it, my phone made a noise. I don't know if it was your phone or mine. I thought I lost you. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, good talk to Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. And I didn't want to spew off into the other portions of the allegations until there's more to back that story up true. I don't even want to talk about that portion of it, of what he's being, you know, not accused of, but what is being reported about his life. So I, I want to wait a little bit more on that before we'll jump into that portion of it a little bit later. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and take another break here as we go ahead and take care of our local sponsors of the Couch Potato Sports Show and, of course, the Sunday morning tradition that is that being said. We'll do that. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about the one guy, the, the guy that has made his name you know, running the football, not talking to the press, you know, during Super Bowl week and causing all kinds of problems, maybe going to play for the Raiders, maybe not. Let's talk a little bit more about Marshawn Lynch when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, that being said. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66, with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com 
That's Brian with a Y, not nine Chadwick. Dot JP Homes for Sale. Dot com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Alan Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast.
in order to get him there and obviously get the money off of the books for the Seattle Seahawks because of the fact that if he remains retired, um, there's uh, money that is still owed to him. uh, But there's a lot of things going on regarding his quote-unquote retirement. Um, He's got to get reinstatement papers. Uh, He's got to be able to get all this squared away. But the main portion of this will be for Seattle. They might just take anything just to get the monies off of the book for him and also maybe take away from obligation of paying them $3.2 million on the signing bonus, not maybe uh, paying it but getting repaid by Marshawn Lynch. Now, when I read the whole situation, any monies that are already in Marshawn Lynch's pocket, I don't expect to come back to the Seattle Seahawks, just more of the fact that if you kind of just look at Marshawn Lynch's personality, he's like the guy that'll cut a check for $3.2 million. Do you think, Cuervo? I'm sorry, repeat that question, Sonny. I mean, when you think about the whole situation with Marshawn Lynch, if he signs this mm-hmm. contract, um, the the Seattle Seahawks will expect the check to be cut back from him uh, regarding a signing bonus of $3.2 bucks. And for some reason, there's something about Marshawn Lynch that tells me that that check would never get cut. <laughs> yeah, no, it might not. Um, yeah, I, I know there's a couple things like – I mean, you probably read into it more than I have, but that are stopping this from happening. Um, and, and and I figured there was there was money involved, some sort of legal matters. Yep, hurdles. Um, yeah, there's going to be hurdles. Um, my thing is, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, why? What are you fighting for? Do, do you? I mean, would they actually entertain the idea of keeping Marshawn Lynch? I mean, they did sign Eddie Lacy, so. Really, I mean, if if you're that committed to the running game, I guess, then yeah, I guess you you would try and talk him into staying a Seahawk if he's going to come back to the NFL. But other than that, I mean, you think about the money that they can save by allowing Marshawn Lynch to go play for the Raiders. I mean, you think about how much flexibility that gives the Seattle Seahawks. And exactly to me, I mean, honestly, I think they'd be better off. Without him, because, I mean, I'm sure he's got a bad taste in, in their uh, – he's got a bad taste in his mouth about them. Even going back to – Where do you think that comes from? That, yeah, that's where I was going. Do you Super think Bowl. it comes from that, or do you think it comes from – I don't think I, – I don't think there's been any problem with his money that he's been getting. He signed the contract, and the monies were handed to him. So I don't think there's a bad taste in his mouth regarding the quote-unquote franchise itself, but maybe what's going on between him and the head coach and how, obviously, ultimately, he didn't get the ball in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, and I think that's where it started. That's why I think it started is is – when they decided to pass on that on that play at the end, um, to me, I thought that's when Mar- Marshawn Lynch's time in Seattle was done. I didn't think he was going to play another year, but he did. And I mean, you know, he I was, was actually shocked. I, I was too. I, I to me, that was the message of, "Hey, Marshawn, thanks for everything, but uh, we're going to move on without you." And then. And then on top of that, they go and they trade for Jimmy Graham in the offseason. And then that's when I really thought he was going to be done in Seattle. 
but then right. he played that one season with them, and I was like, okay, I'm really confused now because you don't hand off the ball to one of the best running backs in the game. You have a chance to go back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Right. And you don't give them the ball because you thought New England was expecting it. Here's right. the thing, though. Even if New England was expecting it, you're talking about Marshawn Lynch, Sonny. You're talking about a guy that can run through all 11 defensive players and still go. So you think he's is, sitting yeah, good depth there? Where? In Seattle? Yeah. Do you think he fits the mold that Seattle is now if he stays there? Because really, in reality, I think they've moved on from this whole situation, obviously accepting his retirement papers from the team, not the NFL, but from the team. That's another another hurdle. But the fact that he, uh, he, first of all, he would need to sign the new contract, then get reinstated for, uh, to uh, play. That would have to come from Seattle, but that would also probably have to be coming from a trade. But in reality, I'm just wondering about this contract that Marshawn Lynch would be if $2.5 million bucks is going to be compensation back to the Seattle Seahawks and the trade, and they're going to pay him in, in the, an absorbent amount of money to make it look like he's making a lot of money. But in reality, he's going to be paying Seattle back to $2.5 million that Seattle wants and have a right to, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that, and that could be the case, Sonny. Um, so I don't think I don't think Seattle's – has really changed their style of offense. I think it's still, you know, short pass, um, you know, power back type, because they signed Eddie Lacy and he's a power back. Let's face it. Right. So, but I think who's in the backfield is the difference. Right. Totally different, totally different attitudes between Marshawn Lynch and Eddie Lacy. Now I know Eddie Lacy's not, he's not the vocal guy that you would, you would, I guess, would hope for, uh, but you have Russell Wilson, you know, Russell Wilson right. is their vocal leader on offense. So you really don't need a guy that's a vocal leader offensively for this team. You just need a guy that is, I guess, less dramatic, but right. could potentially get you the same production. And that's what they feel right. they're getting with Eddie Lacy. Now <laughs> we, we've talked about Eddie Lacy and, you know, we have our opinions on him, um, you know, Oh, yeah, so that he's got Stockton Hostess? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think he definitely does. So, it's like Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if he's going to get the Hostess, like, logo tattooed on him so he can yeah, he can make something. money for marketing purposes. I mean, I don't know. But, but um, like, you know, <laughs> that's always going to be a running joke until he learns how to control his weight. Um, yep. You know, I, I think that's what it really is, Sonny. You're getting the same type of guy for cheaper, by the way. I don't think Eddie Lacy's right. making as much money as Marshawn Lynch. Um, well, and that's the point, Cuervo. And that, that's the point. If he does return to Seattle, um, he's already got count $9 million towards the salary cap if he comes back. And that yeah, is and that's a what huge thing. Two years. That's what Lacy's yeah, it, maybe two years, even three. a little bit more. Yeah, how much is Randy Lacey making? Do you know that number? I I don't know the I number off the top of my head. I want to say it's I want to say it's two years, ten million is what they paid him. Wow. Okay. To come to Very Seattle. Good. So, 
Well, this is really interesting. As I did a little background up on this, I, I, I found out a lot of it. Marshawn Lynch, when he signed that contract a couple of years back, uh, he mm-hmm. he was getting a lot. Right now, the highest paid long-term contract deal right now is with LaShawn McCoy at $8 million bucks. okay? If Marshawn Lynch goes back to the Seattle Seahawks, that's $9 million that they got, they're going to have to end up soaking towards the salary cap and ultimately giving to um, – giving to uh, Marshawn Lynch. That's another thing that I don't know is going to be there. But the plan B on this whole situation, okay, and in, in using a legal term in order to try to get this squared off, if the Raiders sign him, whatever the case may be, that $9 million goes away. And what that does right now, the Seattle Seahawks have $9.8 million in cap space that they can get which in turn means if you really think about it, okay, you can get above average players for around three to four million bucks. So they can at least get two and a half players for the salary that they would have to pay for Marshawn Lynch. Plus Marshawn Lynch didn't play last year. Doesn't necessarily know the new offense that has been introduced last year. Um, More so than, and then also, the cap hit, it's going to be – so Seattle does not want this guy. But here's the thing, and the reason why they hold the cards in it, they don't have to entertain anybody on anything. If he doesn't play, he doesn't count towards the salary cap hit. So really, in reality, Seattle has everything to gain in this uh, as far as players and everything is concerned. My le- recent reading on this is, is that if they don't do anything before Thursday, i.e. the NFL draft, they're not going to do anything. So the Raiders are going to have to make a decision here, and it's going to have to – I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to have to include $2.5 bucks that that Marshawn Lynch owes them on a signing contract that will be just understood that they will end up getting in the mail in check form. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so what would be the difference, then, Sonny, between before or after the draft? What's, What's the difference? Well, it's very simple because of the draft. Like you said, they got the hostess Twinkie eating Eddie Lacey back there. Who's comparable right now? Because you don't expect much from Marshawn Lynch. I don't care. You're out of football, Mm -hmm. you're out of football. And that's just, you know, remember you got two legs. That's one step in the grave of being completely out of the NFL. Okay. Two years, you're done. I mean, you're just not going to fit any kind of uh, thing that's going to be going on if you're if you're Marshawn Lynch because you get the baggage of what Marshawn Lynch is. Let's be honest. Marshawn Lynch is a jerk, okay? He's not a great teammate. Um, people will say he is, but I'm going to tell you right now, that kind of attitude that he has is not great for any, kind of, any type of team morale. Oh. So you've you got all that up on top of it. But mm-hmm. what is going on is, is you have Eddie Lacy. What's Eddie Lacy known for besides Twinkies? Getting hurt. That's why the draft yeah. is making the decision on whether or not that they'll grab up a running back in this draft, Cuervo, and that with, whether it be in the first or second round, um, with Marshawn Lynch on off the books completely and everything, um, and they don't get – and plus – 
They get another draft pick. That's what they're going to go for. They don't, I don't think they necessarily want to trade. More so, it just depends on who they trade. But it's more about the draft pick that they can get for him. That's why they want it done by, by Thursday. That's true. I, and I get it, you know, because I'm sure his value will, will increase, you know, as the draft gets closer. So Right. You get him now while you can, maybe maybe the Raiders give up a third round pick. But exactly. if they wait till Tuesday, if they wait till Wednesday, Thursday, now he's worth a second round pick, possibly even a first round pick. If they're desperate all, enough, the Raiders being yeah, the Raiders. Wow, you're going right there. And it's all about desperation on how bad you want this guy. And then there's another deal. Then you've got to go with the bipolar attitude that you get with, with Marshawn Lynch. Will he even sign the contract with the Raiders? What, what is his motivation to being in the news is my question. His motivation to be in the news? Yeah, yeah exactly. Does he really want to play football or does he just want his name thrown around? No, I, I mean, I think, I think he does want to play. I just think that – his mentality is probably, I don't want Seattle to screw me over. Okay, and I get that. Um, I think he's going to be different in Oakland. Well, actually, it's not even Oakland anymore. Yeah, it's not. It's, uh, are they playing in Vegas next year? They're not playing in Vegas next year, are they? I think they are. I think oh, wow, they I are. didn't know that. I thought they had one more year and then they'd get over there. I guess they got a stadium set up, but but really, do you think he'd be any different? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when you see Marshawn Lynch and change, they, it, it's like oil and water. All right, they don't mix. You know, it, 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 Marshawn Lynch has been the guy that has been a mainstay pain in the ass to any team that he has been with, whether it be Buffalo or Seattle, just more of his attitude. And, and, you're talking about a guy in reality. When you take a look at Marshawn Lynch, if you really look at the scope of what running backs are being paid, this guy's around 3.5, maybe 4 million bucks. Remember, 2.5 is going to go back to Seattle. I don't care what anybody says about it. That's what's going to end up happening. It's the only way Seattle is going to go off on it because they don't lose anything. And they get 2.5 million bucks in their pocket back. So, and, and now granted, when you think about all the money that the NFL throws around, 2.5 million means absolutely squat. But when it comes to player and signing and monies that they can give to players, that is a big thing in reality. It is, Sonny. But I'll put it to you like this. I mean, I, I think he could be different as a Raider because um, in the sense of, if you think about it, okay, say – you know, I'll use yourself as an example. You know, I'm sure you love your job, right? I'm sure you, you enjoy uh-huh. what you do. You, you like your – but is it your dream job? Now, if it was your right. dream job, you would feel different about it. You'd be a lot more, I guess, positive about, you know, going to work and, and, and um, just your emotions, your your mentality be different. And I think for a guy that's from Oakland area – I'm sure growing up, you know, in his mind, he's like, oh, you know, my dream is to play for the Raiders one day. And now he's got that opportunity. Right. To say that his dream scenario is being a Raider. And when, when you're right. in that position and, and you can fulfill that happiness of, of being able to 
actually have your dream job, it changes you. It's, it's, you're not, you're not disgruntled. You're not like finding excuses to, I guess, not be happy with your job or whatever. Um, you know, you look forward to going to work every day and maybe, maybe with Marshawn Lynch, that's, that's going to be his, what changes him is being able to fulfill his dream of being a Raider and, it won't be in essence it won't be a distraction or it won't cause problems for the raiders and 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 then on top of that sonny i mean you think about how good this team is now um uh, i mean because believe me if if Derek Carr was healthy in the playoffs they would have beaten Houston and they would have right. given New England a run for their money i'm sorry but i think they would have in that game so that being said i mean now you add a, a solid running back like Lynch to the mix with Carr and Cooper and, and Crabtree and, and all those weapons they have on the offense. Um, I mean, Sonny, that, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous offense with a guy like Marshawn It sounds Lynch. dangerous. It sounds dangerous, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, one, one year out of the NFL is one year in the grave as far as your career is concerned in the NFL. How quickly we – really, when you think about it, and we go back to this stat, we talked about the stat for I don't know how many years we've been doing the show, Cuervo. The average uh, career for a running back is three and a half years, and Marshawn Lynch has been doing this for almost nine years now. So, really – I, I mean, the, when you look at it on paper, that sounds deadly. You're right. You got Carr, you have Bradford, you have Marshawn Lynch, um, Eddie Lacy. You know, if he gets the muscle behind him, can push through a line. Um, depending on what they do in the draft, what can they do? Will they land a splash? I don't know. But the offensive side of the ball, that does sound packed. But I'll tell you, out of all of it, he's he is the liability. And that question will be, will he have that, you know, relationship with Jack Del Rio? And you know how Jack Del Rio runs his business, okay? He's a no-nonsense coach, and that's where he's had his success. And I don't know. I'll be honest. When I heard this break, I'm sitting here thinking, what is Jack Del Rio thinking? Then I took a step back up on this. I said, this can't be Jack Del Rio. This is not the prototypical player that Jack Del Rio makes a success. If you go back and look at his his career, how he makes players, those are players are that are cooperative to his system. And really, in reality, when you think about Jack Del Rio and Marshawn Lynch, that's not a mix in reality. That's not a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know, Sonny. I mean, I think I think it could be different. Um, I think he'll struggle the first half of the season. Um, right. Because, like you said, I mean, he sat a year out, probably not in good football shape yet, or he won't be until he actually plays in games. Right. Um, I think in the second half, though, I think in the second half of the season, he would take off and be the guy that we remember him as. Um, yeah, I mean, do you think teams have to worry about him? I'm sorry. Do you think teams have to worry about him? Do I think that? Do you, do you, yeah. Do you think? Do you think that? You know, we, we talk about you know, if you're a player that is really good, teams have to you know they have to prepare for you. Do you think they have to prepare for Marshawn Lynch in reality where he is? And maybe it's me. Maybe I, okay, I'll just say it. I think he's washed up. 
I'll just put it out there. I think Marshawn Lynch is a liability more so than he is a positive for any football team in the NFL, never mind the Raiders. Uh, but you, do you think he strikes enough fear to where you think you have to prepare for a Marshawn Lynch compared to maybe Eddie Lacy? I mean, do, do, they, do you think they have to add that much more attention to it? I mean, right now, I'll say it, and, and I don't think much of it, either one of them, Eddie Lacy is the better running back because he played last year. Uh he didn't play much, though. Or is that too simplistic? He didn't play much, though. And, no, I, me personally, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm more, I'm focusing more on Lynch than I am Lacey just because of – Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. of the name, I imagine, you think? Well, not even the name, Sonny. I just, I just think talent-wise. Talent-wise, I think Marshawn Lynch is the more talented running back. I mean – you know, Eddie Lacy, like you said, Eddie Lacy is a guy that didn't even play half of a season last year. So, you know, the whole, like, he's younger and he, uh, 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 he played last year, that may be true. He was on an NFL roster, but how productive was he? How much did he really do? How much did he really play? Remember, Green Bay Packers had to turn, convert a wide receiver to running back because of how much time Eddie Lacy missed. So... To me, I mean, I, I think I think Eddie Lacy is is <laughs> I don't want to say he's more washed up, but, but I think I think in all honesty, if Washington plays next next year, he's gonna have a better season than Eddie Lacy is. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I I I I I wish I can look at him in a different light. I really do. I you know, I I I think it's probably well known. I've never thought much of Marshawn Lynch. I think he's I I I, I still think he's overrated. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, I know how redundant someone would think that comment is. I get it. Um, but listen, that guy went from Buffalo, okay, over there to Seattle. He wasn't much different. There's obviously the the uh, the um, the system that was keeping him behind. Well, if you want to go that way, as far as Buffalo to Seattle. I mean, Sonny, you got to ask the question though. How many guys are really excited to be a Buffalo Bill? Seriously, let's let's ask the real that, question. That is a very <laughs> very valid point. So I mean, you know, he got drafted by Buffalo. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's you know, very grateful to be drafted in the NFL in the first round. But then he thought about it. I'm going to Buffalo. Man, this kind yeah. of sucks. But <laughs> that, you know, that, I mean, that makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, so, um, but again, I mean, he's going to go play for, for the team he grew up watching. Maybe he grew up dreaming of playing for. I think that would change any player in the NFL. Hmm. And I don't know. Did he? Did he dream of playing for Seattle? I don't know. I it's. I doubt it. (laughs) I mean, Oakland. (laughs) I I doubt it. Well, that's where the the fact being from Oakland, being from the fact that the Raiders, and I get it, and, and and I get that portion of it. Sometimes I I don't see that as a big thing, and I probably should look at it. I don't. Um, uh, how important that is to certain players, you know, to play for that team. And and my biggest biggest strike on that was Jim Harbaugh going back to Michigan. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't think he'd go back. 
I mean, I thought he'd just stay right there in Southern California, that, that, not having to move and freeze his ass off in the middle of wintertime up there in Michigan. Well, but, <laughs> yeah, but exactly, Sonny. That's, that's, but that's exactly what I'm saying. When, yeah. when you have an opportunity to, to take your dream job, um, you know, you go for it, no matter what the circumstances are. If Marshawn Lynch is going to lose money on this deal, I don't think he really cares. He just wants to be a Raider. You know, if if in fact that is his dream job, and that's his motivation, right? Exactly. So that's what it really comes down to: is, is the motivation to do whatever it takes to, you know, finally live that dream of of whatever it is that he, you know, whatever he wants to play for, whether it's the Raiders or. Whoever, but I mean that's the only team I've heard of that he that he wants to go to. So what that tells me is, you know, that's the team that he's always wanted to play for. Right. I and, and that makes sense, complete sense. I, and I and I, I sometimes downplay that. I, like I said, I miss on the Jim Harbaugh thing. I, I want to be honest with you. When Jim Harbaugh took that job in Michigan. I, I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it even happened. I mean, this guy set up in Southern California, got two homes up there, not just one, but two homes in Southern California, meaning that if he gets sick of one house, he can just go to the other. But now he's got three he's in Michigan. But he's stuck there in the wintertime, obviously, because of football season. And, boy, listen, I spent three years in Michigan up in the worst cold weather. You couldn't get me to go back there as much as I love the people. Um, it was craziness. But. Having been said, you know, this this deal about Marshawn Lynch, this is going to be more about the draft. This is going to be, you know, obviously um, the Seattle Seahawks would love to get a good draft pick for him. Never mind maybe get a good player in trade, but I think this is more of a draft thing that's going on. And we – now, let's, let's get the bad news out of the way for the draft. We are going to have a draft show, but Sonny can't be live, but you can I, unfortunately, since I went ahead and took my vacation, they are making me work up until 8 o'clock, so I can't get up on air until 8 o'clock that night on draft day. That I didn't realize I was going to get caught. I thought I, I, I'd asked for the day off, and in reality, they gave me the time for the for the vacation, but in return, they nixed me being off early on Thursday night. So that having been said, I don't know. What time does the draft start? I want to say it's uh, I want to say 7 o'clock your time. 7 o'clock. So what we'll end up doing now, if you want to, Cuervo, and, of course, I'll give you all the logins and everything, uh, but if you want to, you could start the show off. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So we and see and I'm sure we can get Brian. This will be one where we can get Brian Tarvin in, I think, or or um, I'm not sure if he's doing his show or whatever. But we'll we'll talk about that. Unfortunately, I am stuck on that, which really sucks. But um, covering it live like we do, we'll we'll just be a little late, or you'll be on time one of the two if you're going to start it. So we'll talk about that a little bit more as we you know later today, or um, and then get a hold of Brian and see what he wants to do. Um, but that having been said, 
we got draft stuff that we I just wanted you you know obviously touch on a little bit as we are here. Um, we're talking the NFL, we're talking stuff, and frankly, um, I hope Brian. Okay, Brian had not called in because I haven't checked the <laughs> I haven't checked the uh, switchboard in a long time. But that being said, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about a little bit of the draft news because there is draft news that are coming up. Because guess what? Just like we said, Cuervo, they're already talking about these quarterbacks being picked within the first five picks, and I want to know what kind of drug. I, I want to know what drugs these guys are on uh, in order know. to make that kind of commitment. But, you know, really, in reality, it's about the money portion of it, and it makes sense why they do it. So let's do that. Let's take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll come back. Let's talk NFL draft. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. 
If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure that any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday morning, it's that being said. Got online the fine toe um, co-host of this program, and that being, of course, Cuervo. He is in Chi-Town uh, visiting and doing what, uh, catching some baseball games, of course. Now, let's talk a little bit about the draft. There's a lot of talk going out there, Cuervo. This, to me, is insane, but I get it. And I, it finally occurred to me, if, we, if you remember correctly, we were on air when Sam Bradford was uh, drafted number one. Nowadays, as far as the money portion is concerned, Cuervo, when we talk about the number one pick of the draft, we're no longer talking about $42 million anymore, Cuervo. We're talking minimal amounts of money over a first three to four years of a contract of a rookie that making a stretch for a player such as a quarterback, it, it, as far as financially and the financial hit, is no longer an issue anymore, Cuervo. And that's what makes these stories about these quarterbacks jumping and people talking about taking a quarterback, which, by the way, I'm telling you right now, I, I've seen all of them. I've heard all the hype about them. I've I heard all the hype before people started getting close and desperate in what they were going to do into the draft. And hearing about the really, if you think about first-round draft pick quarterback, that solid quarterback, that Andrew Luck type of guy, that guy's not existed in this draft. Now we get back into it, moving closer. Four days from the draft, all of a sudden we're talking about quarterbacks taking within the first five picks of this draft, Cuervo. It, to me, I, I, I know desperation means a lot, and I get it. The desperation, we talk about the fact that grabbing up that quarterback the money portion is not the problem. But really, in reality, Cuervo, we talked about it on this show. Within the first six to seven picks of this draft, the fact that you miss it may not cost you a lot of money. But my question is, how far does it take a step back in each and every organization that takes that stretch on a player, that obviously being the quarterbacks in this draft, how far will it set them back? Well, if you think about the Cleveland Browns, you couldn't get any worse than that. So them taking a stretch on this guy or a quarterback wouldn't surprise me. Some of the other organizations that are at 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, that would shock me as far as what they would do as far as making a stretch. And if they miss on it, how far back does that take back the franchise? And let me see, do I have my man here? I lost him. Okay, so he dropped off. I'm not sure where he went. Maybe he'll be back in a second. But, you know, you, you look at the draft and you look at where everything is as far as the draft is concerned and what people are talking about as far as the NFL draft. Who are they going to grab up? In the NFL draft this year, I have to admit, and 
I'm not saying that I want to miss the, the draft. I'm saying that my interest obviously is not there. There's one guy, and he was actually all over ESPN this, this past week, and, and we talked about who and what the, this guy is. But when you look at the, all the scenarios on what could end up happening, what teams would take a risk on something and take a shot, would anybody at all be surprised that it would be the Cleveland Browns taking that stretch on a player? And the answer to that in reality is no. No one, no one would think that that would be a problem. And how far is that going to set back the Cleveland Browns? I don't know. I don't think it does. I mean, you look at that franchise. I'm sorry. You know, they're the redheaded stepchild of the NFL right now. The Cleveland Browns can't get out of their own way. When they make good picks and make good moves, something ends up happening to them, whether injuries or whatever the case may be. But unfortunately, when you look at where everything is as far as the draft and where it's going this year and headed toward this year, the draft is going to be some some things. So that having been said, the Cleveland Browns, I don't know. Would they take Miles Garrett at that number one pick? I don't know. They also got the number 12 pick. So the 49ers, I mean, would, would, the, would the 49ers trade out of that spot? I mean, there's nobody there. I mean, this is a team that can also be looking at quarterbacks. Will they trade back? Because these quarterbacks are all basically on even keel. There's no one standing out as far as quarterbacks are concerned going into this, this draft. So when I look at that, and then you got the Chicago Bears. Would they go ahead and – Miles Garrett seems to be the one everybody is talking about. And the Jacksonville Jaguars with number four, I think they pounce on this. I do. I think they pounce on Miles Garrett. If Miles Garrett does, doesn't get picked within the first three, I see the Jacksonville Jaguars taking the pick and taking the run at it. Now, would that be good for the organization? I, you know, I don't know. But here's one thing I do know, okay? Tom Coughlin, as a coach, you know, I kind of liked him. And then I kind of hated him at the same time. But more on the fact, when you talk about Tom Coughlin, this is a guy that figures out how to get success from players. Even when he was with Jacksonville, okay, they didn't, you know, overpower anybody. But he seemed to get the best out of every player that was there. They didn't have a lot of talent. So he went up to New York two Super Bowls later, blah, 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 and all that crap. So I don't know where everybody stands as far as where they are in this in this draft, but I you know what teams will it hurt the most? I'm going to tell you it will set the Bears back, it would set the 49ers back, the Jacksonville Jaguars they'll just go get another quarterback and be satisfied with it. Tennessee Titans don't need a quarterback. Say whatever you want. Marcus Mariota is that guy. Okay, he's gonna he's got a couple more years before they have to make that decision at the number one or at this point number five pick. The Jets. This is the huge team. I think takes the biggest bullet if it don't work if they take that stretch at the quarterback position. Because in reality, when you think about the Jets and you think about what's going on, the Jets I think need offensive linemen. And obviously, uh, defense. Those are the t- 
They desperately need a quarterback. But if you take that wrong pick and you're in New York, you take that stretch or even even get crazier, move up in the draft and grab the quarterback, this could be a thing that ends up haunting them because if they trade to move up, they're going to have to give up more draft picks, which in turn, you know, gets you stuff, gets your your guys moved in a little bit slower to edge up to be starters and quality players, more less time to become that guy, to become that team, become that player that makes it. Now you're stepping in. You've got to make a direct impact immediately, more so than doing it because of the fact of the lost draft picks. I don't know. The draft is going to be very interesting here at the top five. And it doesn't seem to be right. Now, when you go to number seven, you have the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm still having a – that one's got to roll off there. I'm I'm going to have to learn that one. They They have Rivers. This is a franchise that can afford to grab that guy, that if he falls down. To go behind Philip Rivers, who's got another two to three more years at the quarterback position, okay, and is solid. The team is not solid. Rivers is solid. So you've got that guy going for you. Carolina Panthers, obviously, they don't need a quarterback. It's not going to hurt. Cincinnati 9, that's why I said when you went to there, you went to the top seven picks, what would be a stretch? It's not a stretch for the Chargers at number seven to take care of. So when you look at where uh, the, all the hype that's being talked about, Miles Garrett, is, and then you got to ask yourself the question, is Miles Garrett that guy that deserves the hype that he's getting? My answer to that is I don't trust any rookie quarterback, never mind the number one. I, and I, my point goes to all you have to do is look at Peyton Manning. The hype that was coming out about him, they went 1-15, and 15, folks. Obviously, Hall of Famer first ballot without question. But that was a franchise that took the risk on a guy that they seen being the smartest guy in the gut. I'm sorry. Garrett is not that guy you can talk about being that smart. He's not that much of a difference maker to where you've got to have that guy. And as desperation comes for the next four days heading up to the NFL draft, we'll hear some outlandish stories coming there that you wouldn't have heard three to four months ago. Three to four months ago, there was nobody worthy of a number, a, a first-round draft pick outside the, the uh, pick of number 17 and number 18. And we all know that one through seven, one through eight, those have a direct impact on your franchise to where they either set you back or help you move forward, depending on, obviously, how many years gets passed. The first year may be a disaster, but years two, three, and four, you get this guy developed into an NFL player, and he becomes the guy that you exactly wanted out on your football field each and every week. That in itself, is a huge thing. I will say this. As I look at the draft, 
defensively, this is going to be a probably one that could be remembered on the defensive side of the ball as being a great draft. Because the simple fact of the matter is, is when I look at this whole thing, you know, the, the fact that a lot of people are going to LSU, they're going to Clemson, and grabbing up these defensive players, the top three to four picks that are going to be coming into these uh, into this draft, it could be big time defense could be the biggest winner in this year's draft. And we always talk about the quarterback being the biggest winner usually when we talk draft because they have that much effect on a football team as soon as they take a step out on the practice field and in training camp. And you can, you can talk about it all day long on what's going what ends up happening. But the Cleveland Browns, this is a football team that could be very, very huge as they start off. And I like where, where it could end up happening. Um, but there, there, are, there are certain things that these teams are, that are going to have to look at. And I'm going to go over some of those, and I'm not sure if we're going to get Cuervo back because he is kind of on a vacation up there, and he joined us for a little bit. But I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to talk about it in reality. So let's talk about what teams need in reality and looking at it. And, and we might as well just, just start with, with some of the things. And I like to kind of go reverse alphabetical. It's one of my – one of my favorite things to do. So the Washington Redskins, okay? This whole situation with their quarterback and where they are at the quarterback position, this is a a vital pick for Washington on what they're going to do. Will they grab up that quarterback that can maybe take over for Kirk Cousins? Let me tell you this. The Washington Redskins don't trust Kirk Cousins. It's real simple or they would have given him a contract. And by the way, it's the right thing to do before you start throwing money, big money, at a quarterback that may not be back in two years. And I've heard everybody say this is the biggest mistake that the Redskins have made. I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's one of the smartest things that they've done as a football team is not pay Kirk Cousins the big bucks. Make them earn it. I love the franchise tag in the NFL. And this is a good spot for the franchise tag for this franchise. The Tennessee Titans don't need a quarterback. Would they like to have that quarterback uh, that is a Peyton Manning? Of course. Would they like to, what they got out of Steve McNair? Of course. But you have Marcus Mariota right here. And they are part of your plan regardless. And if they're not part of you, if, if, if Mariota is a part of it, they've got to go quarterback. If they're very seriously looking at Marcus Mariota as not being the guy that they've got to do to have to be good to help their franchise to make it, then this is the wrong place for them. There's no question. But I don't. I see Marcus Mariota being a guy that's going to be good for this football team. So I don't. I don't see more of that being a place where they go. I really don't. 
So, I don't know. Javon Curse right now, in reality, you, you go back and you see what they did. He's been their best draft pick in years. 1997. In reality, since this team has had a good draft at that number one pick set that they got. And, and, and frankly, you got to love it. You got to love it. Now, Going back to that, going back into the draft order, and you take a look at where the Washington Redskins are and what they did, that you know, they could be the ones that make that reach at the quarterback position. The Tennessee Titans, come on, simple. This is really simple. You either a, you got to go defense, or you got to protect your quarterback. Frankly, I think they need to protect their quarterback because they can do things in free agency to help the defensive side of the ball. It's always about bringing up that offensive line guy to help you protect your quarterback. In reality, every successful quarterback comes back to the success of the offensive line. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is involved with them? I mean, obviously, they don't need a quarterback. They're loving Winston. Where do they go? Where do they take that pick? I don't know. This is one team that if they don't go offensive line, I think they're absolutely crazy. I know they have needs on the defensive side of the ball, but your first thing, you got to Listen, Jameis Winston cannot be running around like a chicken without a head in the backfield in the NFL as he could end up being yet another Robert Griffin the second. So I'm not, oh, how do you say, encouraged about that whole situation. Seattle Seahawks, what do they need? I'm sorry, they need a running back. We just talked about it. Marshawn Lynch gone. They got the Twinkie Eaton hostess, you know, investor that is Eddie Lacy, which, by the way, I love that contract because their contract is based upon this weight that they signed with them. Awesome. Good, good contract for Seattle. The 49ers, their draft position, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not good for them because they are in one of those make-or-break positions in the NFL, and making the bad decision at this point for this franchise could set them back even further. And let's just be honest. The new ownership of the 49ers have not been anything to write home to mama about. This is a franchise that makes mistake after mistake after mistake. All you got to do is say Jim Harbaugh. And those kind of decisions, starting with Jim Harbaugh, set this franchise back three years if not four, and if they miss on this draft pick, it can send them back even further. This is a vital pick, and this is what I'm going to tell you. Out of the, everybody in the draft, I think the team that has the most to lose within the seven points, uh, seven picks are the 49ers. Because of what the story franchise that they are is really moving off into the sunset. You're not even close to the sun. I mean, you're not even close. You're so far off in the horizon of success and greatness that the, C- the San Francisco 49ers are. That when you, first of all, lose Jim Harbaugh, you set your franchise back, and that's an ego thing. Of course, new ownership comes in. They think they know everything. And the simple fact of the matter is, is, is that they don't have the realization that you don't have to like your coach if he's successful. He's the one that's going to be able to take you there. And that being said, when they make Super Bowls, okay, even though they didn't win, you don't cut the guy that gets you there. But their egos got in the way. 
And that's what the problem is with the 49ers is that their egos of ownership and the fact that they want to be a part of the change more so than the fact that they're just writing the check is going to affect this football team for years to come. And the fact that, oh, we don't get along with our coach. Well, come on. You made the Super Bowl. Come on. I mean, let's get serious. You take away that last year that this guy was the head coach of this football team. Take away from that. We were talking about who had a better impact as a coach in the last 40 years in, in, in football. In the Super Bowl era, who has had that much of an impact walking right on in to the game of did. No one did. That's why this pick is a vital one for him. And if they go quarterback, I think it sets this, it, it's going to set this franchise backward. And they are, by the way, folks, my prediction is they will go quarterback without question. It's going to be, it, it's not even a close factor that. This football team really out would really, really, really benefit from giving a defensive player with that pick. But I'm going to tell you, the Eagles are so far ahead of them. If they take anything but a quarterback, I, I, I would take a bet. I, but I can't afford to lose the money. But, but if I can afford to lose the money, I'd make a bet that this franchise, this football team, this ownership, of this franchise, this story franchise, new ownership is blowing it up. And they're making the worst decisions for the franchise. And the days of Bill Walsh and all those guys like Joe Montana, the, all these memories and successes are being washed away because of ego. And that's what you're getting right here. It's not good for this franchise. This is a franchise that will be in a lot of trouble with this pick. It's undoubtedly the most important pick, I think, in the franchise history. Who cares? And the reason why, really, when you think about it, who cares about the Cleveland Browns? Whether or not they're going to do anything, you know, who cares about that? So Cleveland striking now, it's no big deal. San Francisco at the number two pick is the most important pick of this draft as far as franchise stability for the next few years, this is the team that's going to get either make, get out of the, the hole that is egocentrical ownership can get them out of. They go quarterback, that is, in my opinion, that's ego talking. And I know they need a quarterback, but not at this spot. Now, if they're a smart franchise, they trade out of that position, move down, grab us a good value pick and get more draft picks later on. See, that's how you build a team. But I'm telling you right now, the general manager, John Lynch, of this football team, they, they think they're set at the quarterback position. At least that's what he's putting out there. And unless he's been told to say that, they, they, they're fine with their quarterback position. The short franchise that are the 49ers are imploding in front of us. Imploding. The last the last two years of this has been god awful to watch. And it started with, with new with new ownership. Started with new egos. Started with guys who thought they knew what was going on and they don't have the sense in them 
to get out of the way and let football people do it. No, we'll handle it. And that's going to be the downfall of this storied franchise. This pick at the number two spot in the draft is so vital for the future of this franchise to sustain any kind of greatness instead of going back to ESPN Classics to watch Walsh, to watch uh, Jerry Rice, to watch Joe Montana, to watch the storied franchise win all those Super Bowl rings. Today's 49ers are a slap in the face. And those are the kind of those are the kind of decisions that affect draft. Uh, the, these picks here in the draft will affect this football team for years and years to come. Chicago, they're in. They're they're so bad that it didn't even matter if they grabbed up a quarterback because that's how bad they are. The, the Bears are a kind of team that usually ends up getting mediocre. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they wouldn't. There's no no need for them to take a quarterback in reality. They can always fall back up on what they got and give it one more year and get draft picks. I'm telling you right now, the Browns are going to stay at their number one and they get the number 12. They're going to stay pat there. They're not going to trade out of them. But if San Francisco was smart, they'd trade out of them, get more draft picks. The Chicago Bears would trade out of it. The Jacksonville Jaguars would trade out of it. The, the Tennessee Titans would trade out of it. And maybe the, the Jets would trade out of it. But that's another franchise that can make a bad decision, and it's, I don't know how bad it would affect this franchise. Because they're, they've been in a league of obscurity for the last 25 years. The Chargers, don't matter who they take. The Panthers, don't matter who they take. Bengals, Buffalo Bills, don't matter who they take. New Orleans, though, I'm going to tell you right now, Patrick Mahomes has the same arm as one guy right there in New Orleans. Drew Brees and, and and Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to tell you right now, that's the place that kid should go. Because you got the same type of quarterback, the same strong arm, the same smarts. I think I, I think that's what they should do. Whether or not, we'll find out. The Arizona Cardinals, listen, they need a quarterback. This is a franchise that's going to go one more year with Carson Palmer. And if they want to use if Patrick Mahomes slides back past the Saints, yeah, you take a shot at that kid. But I think he's about the only one that the Cardinals would be. But the simple fact of the matter is they got Carson Palmer. And I don't want to say it because I don't think Carson Palmer is a good quarterback. I never have. Okay? They made the Super Bowl. Uh, wonderful. But he's not your consistent quarterback. And not only that, if you're thinking about Carson Palmer for more than two years after, you know, maybe more than one year after this year, I think you're dreaming and hoping that something can come through for you. Philadelphia Eagles, these, these picks at 14, 15, 16, 17, there's nothing there for them. Don't, if they can't miss, it don't matter. It does not matter at all. If the team stand pat, though, one of the things that I really look at as far as the Browns are concerned and what would end up happening for them 
the Browns really, really need to be able to work up on the defensive side of the ball, which in turn has some guys that will go right out and not really uh, be able to come into play. If they don't go defensive line, I, I just really don't know. So there's a lot of things going on as far as the draft moving up here on Thursday. It's going to be really interesting to see. I didn't realize what time it was. We're only going to do a couple hours here today because we're going to get into the draft on Thursday. Sounds like we're going to be live, uh, and Cuervo's going to control that portion of it until I become available. So Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, when they're going to start this, and then we'll see and ends up what's happening. We'll hear that coverage here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. I'll come in a little bit later. This is usually a show where Brian Tarvin and Cuervo, they really, really, really know the players. Me, I know the franchises. So uh, it should be really an interesting show that we have up on Thursday. I hope everybody gets the opportunity to come on out there and join us on Thursday. Uh, Cuervo, Tarvin, and everybody else that would be involved. Again, I'm going to come in at about 8 o'clock on this one maybe a little bit earlier, depending on what time I can get in the car and drive along and just listen as uh, we have our coverage of the NFL draft on Thursday. It should be great here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Make sure you join us for that. Also, don't forget about uh, Inside the CIF. We actually did video this week. I was going to do an audio show, um, but instead I did video right from the game. And again, around here for our locals, man, you got, if, you're, if you're hungry for football, you're missing out. Champions indoor football, whether it be over in Mesquite with the Dallas Marshals or over in Allen with the Texas Revolution, you still get you, you'll get your play, you'll get your fill. I promise. You might find a new game. Who knows? So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Uh, here on that being said, another great uh, a great weekend uh, talking sports, and of course, we, you know, at our time we usually do three hours because we're talking a lot of football. Uh, during the season. In the offseason, we kind of cook two and a half, two to two and a half to three hours if we're able to do it. So that's going to do it for us here, though, on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll get with you later on next Sunday. And we got a lot more things coming our way here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Everybody have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye.